0: Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, April the fifth. This is episode number one hundred forty-four. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my guest, Dan Hanrahan. Hey, Dan, how are things going?
1: Fantastic, and I want to commend you right away from getting that my, my last name right. Um, the, the pronunciation trips up a lot of people. I tell tell most folks that if they get hung up to say my entire name first name and last name because Dan Hanrahan is a lot easier to say than just Daniel Hanrahan or whatever so you did great good job how that practice paid
0: off (laughs) (laughs) so everybody can follow you at D Hanrahan on twitter and uh, you're joining joining me all the way from Austin Texas yes sir how's how's the weather down there
1: you know what? Believe it or not, it's funny you mentioned asked that because it was 99 degrees here today, and I'm pretty sure, uh, without fact checking, that it was a record high today. So 99 ah. is a little bit too warm for me in April. But uh, usually this is the time of year in Austin, Texas, that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, wildflowers bloom in Austin, Texas, in April, and it's usually room temperature outside. But today was a little bit, a little bit, uh, a little bit warm.
0: Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we're uh, we're still struggling in the uh, to get really out of the 50s back here where I live in Southwest Ohio. Uh keep, yes, keep hoping for an extra, you know, maybe 10 degrees or so to kind of, you know, just get a little bit more spring-like. Um, sure. I, I
1: remember it, springs in Ohio growing up in Brunswick, you know, the Cleveland area. You'd, uh, how many basketball games we played on icy driveways waiting for the spring to come and uh, you know, we'd see a daffodil pop up and we're like, yes, it's spring. And then next day, two feet of snow. So yeah,
0: daffodil get... done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, my wife and I, and my, my daughter and her fiance, we're going to this, uh, Cincinnati beer, uh, beer on tap thing, um, uh, like a beer festival, beer fest on, uh, on Saturday. mm mm-hmm. And we've been looking forward to this for like a month or so. It's just different brewers, and you go down, and you get to sample, you know, whichever beers you want and stuff. And it's it's going to be like in the forties <laughs> Saturday with a chance of the light rain and everything. Like this is not what we had in mind when we planned this thing.
1: <laughs> well, so, but, yeah, the only good thing there is you know the beer is going to be cold,
0: so that it will but, be cold.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's yeah, going to be
0: at the Red Stadium, so I'm hoping we'll be oh good under. I'm hoping we'll be under, you know, the whole time and not like out. And I, I don't know where they're going to have it. So I'm assuming it'll be like on the concourses and that. But I, I guess we'll find out when we get there.
1: Is there, I'm sure there are like a number of craft breweries down there. They're they're just popping up everywhere.
0: Um, craft breweries everywhere. Um, I think there's going to be, um, they're going to have like 150 or, or 200 different beers at this thing i think and um like 50 different breweries so they're from around ohio and stuff too that sounds so,
1: fantastic no matter what the weather is
0: that's fun hey yeah, i'm sure it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, would have been a little more fun if it was you know probably like maybe 60 degrees <laughs> yeah can you
1: give me just 20 more
0: degrees here just a few <laughs> so uh it, it was unintentional but i'm going to use that little segue of talking about that um uh, that beer fest to go right into the Blitz beverages and talk about what we're drinking tonight. And sure. Dan, you're the guest. So I'm, I'm going to let you go first. Tell well, us about I, what you I, I do
1: like a nice cold beer every once in a while. No doubt about it. Tonight though. I mean, I, I really love, uh, trying different vodkas. You know, we mentioned I'm from Austin, Texas and, uh, uh Austin's home to Tito's, uh, home to Dripping Springs and other vodka distilleries here, believe it or not. And so we get a lot of good vodka down here. And I like to just, uh, what I'll do is I'll mix a, like a good scent Pellegrino uh, flavored sparkling water and, and top that off with a little bit of vodka. And it's that's refreshing to me. And, you know, when it's 99 degrees outside, you're either doing that or you're trying to find a nice cold beer. So that's what I got going on. You need something when it's 99. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. Very nice. As advertised, I'm drinking a Kentucky Tangerine Cream Ale, and I think this is their newest creation. Uh, it's 5.5%, so it's not not super strong. Um, it's uh, I got to tell you guys this: uh, the tangerine and the cream is just it's pronounced in this, but it's not like overdone. And they do a good job, really, on all of these beers. All these Kentucky. Uh, bourbon barrel even though that's not really in the name of this one they do a nice job on these Uh, you better like tangerine or orange to to try this one because that's that's what you're going to taste but if you do like that flavor this is a good beer and i know some people probably don't like the fruity beers or whatever and you know if that's not your game then then that's cool but if you want something nice for the summer I would, I would grab a six of us cause it's, it's good. It sounds good. I,
1: yeah. uh, I've got a buddy of mine. In fact, he's up, he's still up in Northeastern Ohio and uh, where I grew up and he brews his own beer and, and things. And whenever I visit family, I still have my family at my, my, uh, my mom and, and, and dad and my uh, sisters and stepbrothers are up there. And my, my nieces. And and uh, I uh, I try to go to Great Lakes because I'm a big Dortmunder fan. So I, I try to get that beer when I'm up there. Unfortunately, they don't ship it down here, uh, unless my mom and and, uh, and and Bob come visit in their van and bring a couple of cases to me. I don't get to experience it. So
0: I like Great Lakes a lot. Yes, yeah, they're very very good brewery. I don't know if I've ever had a beer there that I didn't like. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind close of how your I eyes. Breweries. And pick one. <laughs> yeah, just pick one. But yeah, it's cool that you have your favorite like that, too. So OK, that's a uh, that's that's that segment. The beverages. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> so so, Dan, we're to the point where we uh, where we talk about your journey as a Browns fan. And I'm just going to turn it over to you and and let you talk about um your life as a Browns fan anything you want to talk about you know growing up memories um anything you'd like to to share with everybody
1: well first thanks for having me you know i uh again looked at your podcast and and the Browns blitz and saw that you had a lot of really cool people on it so i, I feel a little bit like i'm not worthy but i'm honored <laughs> to be a part of it and and uh you know, I know you've had assorted um, guests from the Browns Twitterverse on here, and I guess I'm one of those. But, uh, you know, I never get tired of talking about the Browns. I mean, I'm a big Cleveland sports fan in general, um, but I would rank the Browns first. I would rank probably the Cavs second and, and the Indians third. I'm a huge, huge Browns fan. I always have been. I, I You know, I, I remember I'm old enough to remember um you know in the 70s when they had that little bit of a lull and and uh, I was just in my you know, youth at that time and uh the I had a funny story where where uh, you know grandfather my grandfather was a huge Browns fan and he would bring us to games and uh I always wondered why he never let me drink from his thermos um uh, when it was 20 degrees outside or, or minus four degrees outside but um he was huge and he brought my brothers and me and my cousins to see a lot of games and we, so even though we had that lull in the 70s and my brothers and I, my old my twin brother um, and my older brother and I, the three of us adopted these uh, other teams. So I, I kind of fell into that and, and it was like 1976, 75, 76. How could you not like the the Raiders at the time? It was, you know, Ray uh, it was a uh, Ray Guy and 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 uh, Kenny Stabler and you know Branch Politnikoff, Matuzak Shell. What a what a crazy uh, you know, Tatum with a stick them, you know, team. Yeah. So I kind of adopted <laughs> those guys. I remember I also had, like, an electronic football set where I painted. You, you, there was one where you could paint the teams, and I painted mm-hmm. one the Cleveland Browns, and I painted one the Miami Dolphins. So I liked the Dolphins mm-hmm. back then, too, because I think that's when they had, uh, you know, Shula and Greasy and all those really great players. Uh, my yeah. brother, Denny, um, he had adopted the Minnesota Vikings, and I remember I still tease him to this day about – the Raiders crushing the the Vikings in Super Bowl 11, uh, even though that was years and years ago. My other brother Jim uh, adopted the, the Dallas Cowboys. And I remember one year my grandfather bringing us to the NFL Hall of Fame in Canton, and he bought us like a, I bought me like a Raiders jacket, Raiders ring, and and again I thought back in hindsight that must have been hard for him as a Browns fan because he he was he lived the legend of you know the all those championships and Jim Brown and Otto Graham and all those guys. And, uh, luckily, uh, we, we got over that pretty quickly because in, you know, when I was growing up in high school is when, uh, the cardiac kids happened. You know, in fact, I graduated high school in 81 in Brunswick and the cardiac kids were what, 1980 in in that era. So how could you not love that team and everybody that was in that team? And, uh, I still, to this day have my favorite players, you know, obviously Bernie Kosar and, and, you know, uh you know, Ozzy, you know, how could and, and Biner and Mac and all those guys. Um uh later on in the years when those guys were good in eighty in in, in nineteen eighty four when the dog pound and Hanford Dixon and all those guys came along. So that those are the years where I really started to love the Browns is is the eighties in my high school and college years where we would follow them through the playoffs and uh you know I, I just I think Kosar, uh, when he joined and the story behind him and him being kind of supplemental drafted into the Browns. And, you know, I think the first year he joined the team, they didn't do that. I think they went eight and eight. And then then he, he, the next year they went 12 and four. And those were the, the, the years where we had that, those really, really crazy, you know, the drive and the fumble, uh, back to, um, me being in the games with my grandfather, which are very fond memories uh, of Municipal Stadium back then and being with not only my grandfather and my uncles, but my cousins and my brothers and just all of us kind of taking in those games and, you know, the heartbreak and the ups and downs and the victories and the defeats. And uh, I remember Red Right 88. I was actually there. Um, I remember it distinctly. I remember it being four degrees outside. Uh, it was freezing. I, I, my, the vision in my mind was, that I remember to this day are uh, these billows of smoke from everybody's breath because it was so cold outside. And whenever we cheered, it felt like two, like thousands of boxing gloves batting together because everybody had gloves on. And uh, in that last minute, you know when we were marching down, I think we we're on the 13yard line and all we needed to do is kick a field goal. Uh and then we threw that uh, interception before we before that play happened, you could not hear yourself think. And then when um you know that that interception happened when uh when Ozzy did it square out and uh Mike Davis jumped in front of the pass and intercepted it, you could literally hear a pin drop. In fact, from the time that the interception happened, we walked back to our car and none of us said anything to each other. Um and you know, I, I I look back at that game, and I thought was what was what nobody really talks about about that game uh, that I thought was really interesting, and I sometimes really have to get, think about it myself because I forget, is that Cockcroft had already missed two field goals that game. He had an extra point blocks and he had another whiff on a fumbled snap. Had we just kicked a couple of those field goals, it would have been you know. So it wasn't all that that play, you know, just like. Um, you know, if you talk about the driver, the fumble, it just, it wasn't all about that one or two or three plays, you know, yeah, Biner fumbled into fumble, but he also scored a couple of touchdowns and he had a really great game. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I look at these things in, in hindsight and, and to me, uh, those experiences, whether they were good or bad, uh, still kind of make us who we are, um, in, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll never not be a Browns fan. They're just part of the part of my history and part of my family. And, 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 and I think the important part about all that is that as Browns fans we grew up together with those shared experiences, so we don't often talk about those times, but we're still fans and we know kind of how we felt back then and kind of how that led to uh, the the love that we have for the team. Uh, I think, you know, it to me, it wasn't red, right or the drive or the fumble that really, really made me sad. It was when we when we left the league, uh, when when uh, Modell took the team to Baltimore. I think that was harder for me as a fan uh, than anything else. That was like what 1995, and uh, and then yeah. then and Val- what they call it Valentine's Day Massacre when he fired Belichick in 1996, and we didn't get back in the league until '99. Um, so that was a hard period of time without having football for Cleveland fans for sure.
0: Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. You talk about red, right? 88. First of all, Dan, I think I could be mistaken, but I believe you're the first person we've had on the podcast who's talked about having been at that game. Yeah. So that, that's really, that's, that's cool. And I know that people look at that game as, you know, being a uh, you know, a miserable game and everything because the Browns lost, but, you know, it's a, it's a piece of our history Yeah. and, and, well, you'd listen to, uh, you listened to last week's show and, um, you know, and, and, uh, and, and he was, um, Tom, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Tom was, Tom almost went to that game. So, uh um, <laughs> But but it didn't happen. So it, it would have been interesting to have you guys on back to back, having both gone to that game. But yeah, uh, but that definitely. Been, but yeah, it you. Been. You, it, you you talked about the uh, the kicking. I you know I, I was I was kind of just getting into football at that time. But I remember just just from watching the game and, and what Cockroft had done up to that point, and the way they talked about the ball being like a brick and the way the winds oh, yeah. were swirling. It was frozen. It, it, frozen. Yeah, there, there, kicking the ball just was not an option no. at that point in the game. They knew that, I mean, there was like, uh, if they would have tried to kick, it was like maybe a 1% chance it would have been good.
1: <laughs> exactly, and that's why, yeah, was, the conditions were horrible, right? I mean, it was, yeah. you know you know the lake, right? It was, Not only was it 4 degrees, at what was the wind chill? Probably less than that, and it's probably okay. swirling. Uh, I think the only kicker who ever mastered Municipal M- M- Stadium was Phil Dawson. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then that must have been hor- horrific conditions for, for anybody to kind of win a game out of field. So I get it. So I get the play. Totally get, understand that uh, at all. And, in fact, I know you've probably heard the rumor where uh, Sam Ritigliano told Sight, he said, throw it into the lake if no one's open because it was yeah. only second down when he threw that pass. Yeah. And uh, so that was one of the things. Another thing that was really, I think, shocking for everybody at the stadium at that time was there's no way we're throwing an interception on second down. Surely we'll have third or maybe even fourth down and we'll do what we can do. But, uh, yeah, no field goal was guaranteed, no matter if you're on the 13-yard line yard, 13 yard line or not. You're you not guaranteed to kick that through the upright. So I don't I – don't, You know, look at that and go, decision making was a problem. I don't. I don't even think the decision making problem in those other two games that I mentioned were a problem. Uh, I just think it, it, you know, kind of is what there are other things that led up to it, right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, like in the fumble, I I remember watching that. I was actually older, obviously, at that time, and I was in Dallas. And uh, uh, Slaughter tied the game, I think. Um, And and then Sandy Winder and for Denver scored, Beiner did fumble, you know, at the three. I think we all know that. Um, but the game wasn't over. We still had a shot to win that game. And and uh, I, I, I actually recall that the the coach uh, – who was the coach of the Broncos at the time? Um, oh. Dan, Dan Reeves.
0: Dan, um, I can't it, remember. Was it Dan Reeves or was
1: Dan that – Dan Reeves. I, think, I, was, I knew it was Dan because it was my – Dan and Dan. So Dan uh, Reeves, t- he told the punter to t- take a safety. Do you remember that? And that that ate like five or six se- seconds off the clock. And mm-hmm. so when you look at that score, you get get a little confused that the score was, well, but because the, they had a safety. But we still had a Hail Mary shot at the end, and we didn't make it. But but um so, you know, it's easy to remember um the heartbreak, but it's you know sometimes you look back at it and go it, there was more to the story um, than than there really was. and I'll take those games, I'll take the cardiac kids, I'll take the dog pound, i'll take I'll take Bernie and and all those guys uh, any day over not being in a league and certainly uh, over being and yeah. sixteen, that was a hard one too. Um, and uh, you know I remember at that time when the browns were in in that, that period where we went one in thirty one and I uh, had a colleague of mine. Asked me, well, why are you a Browns fan? And, and you know, because he was bewildered, clearly. And, and my answer to him was, well, why are you right-handed? <laughs> I, I just I grew up I grew up this way. It, you'll yeah. never take never take it out of me.
0: It's in um, your blood.
1: It's in in my blood. And why wouldn't it be? I I never understood like the front runner. Um, you know, we all have people that we know that that the uh, their favorite baseball team is the Yankees, and their favorite football team is the Patriots, and you know, and they just pick front runners. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I suppose I get it if you are uh, someone who's traveled around a lot and you haven't been attached to a particular area or city. I certainly get that. Um, But I was attached to a city growing up. I was attached to Cleveland. Uh, The old saying is, you can take the boy out of Cleveland, you can't take Cleveland out of the boy. I've always been a Cleveland fan. I'll never not be a Cleveland fan. Uh, You know, I, I, I tell my kids to if the Browns ever make the Super Bowl when I'm, you know, 99 years old, please wheel me up so I can see Jesus because that's the second coming, I'm sure, when we win the Super Bowl. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm joking, but the, the idea is that, uh, you know, once you're once you're set and you, you, you've lived that Cleveland experience, it, we're all living in the shared experience. And this team today, I know there's a lot of strife and a lot of, you know, you, you read the Twitter posts, you read the the negative posts. And I, I just don't go there because um, – you know, to me, uh, I'd rather choose to be positive. And I, and yeah. I, and I told you before, um, Rod, that my, my mantra is an ABA I trust. I, I, I don't have a lot of comment. You know, I, I can't attach myself to a particular player here or there. I have my favorites. But uh, I'm a first and foremost a Browns fan. But I do believe in ABA. I think he's got a good track record. Whenever I start to doubt, I just hold myself and wait and be patient and hold back. And he usually does something I'm either not expecting that's better than I thought, uh, or he does something with it that I'm expecting it to just took a little bit longer because you know, we're all
0: impatient, right? Definitely. Yes. Yes, definitely impatient. I'm going to I'm going to jump all the way back to where you're talking about going to the Hall of Fame with your mm-hmm. grandfather, because believe it or not, I've been to the Hall of Fame once in Canton and I was probably about 10 years old. Okay, mm-hmm. this was before I was even really following. It was before I was following the Browns. Okay, I really didn't know much about football. Um, all I knew is that uh, my brother had talked about the Miami Dolphins winning the Super Bowl. Yep. So we went in, and you know, when we went through the Hall of Fame. I didn't know much about it, and we went into the uh, into the gift shop, and I bought a Miami Dolphins pennant. Okay, there you this go. Is, yeah. this is probably the probably in the, in the mid seventies sometime. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's before the cardiac kids and it's, it's right around, it's probably pretty close to the time that you were buying your, your Raider stuff. So, you know, um, within a few years anyway. So, um, I just didn't know much and believe it or not, I still have that dolphins pennant hidden away somewhere. Cause I keep everything. But, um, <laughs> so I say that because not that you feel bad about your, uh, buying the Raider stuff, but you're not the only person who's been through something like that. And, um, you know, we all go through stages and we all learn and, uh, you know, then I became a Browns fan and haven't bought anything, you know, other than Brown stuff since. (laughs) Anyways, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, Browns news and, and there's really not a whole lot going on other other than rumors. <laughs> uh-huh. Brown signed. Uh, the Brown signed signed. Uh, I'm just going to say they signed their punter. And I got to be honest, I haven't heard how you say his last name, and I don't know it because the guy's never was never on the field for the Packers. Is it uh, Corey? Is it Bajorquez or Bajorquez? You 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 can hear me now, right? Yeah, I can hear you.
1: Great, awesome. Uh, I wasn't sure earlier I might have hit my mute button. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's the punter for the uh, Packers, right? The guy who came yeah, from the Packers. Punter I think on for a couple the,
0: of teams. Yeah, for the Packers and uh, a couple teams before that. But, yeah, I'm not sure if it's uh, – I, I know I'm going to say it wrong if I say it two ways. So it's, it's either Bajorquez or Bajorquez. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's Bajorquez. It's probably got a little bit of a Spanish flair to it, right? Sure. <laughs> it does now.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm gonna go with whatever you say because I'm like you. Yeah. I have really no, you know. It's funny. In fact, it's funny you mentioned that because I actually went online a couple of days ago to see if I could find someone who could tell me what the last name was pronounced, and I couldn't find anything. So I, I to me, I'm like, well, um, I'm just gonna go with the first thing I hear. So that's what I'm going
0: with. Yeah, we'll we'll go with it because you know I. If, if it's if it's somebody other than the punter, I'm probably looking for a video to hear it pronounced. But I don't think people are that worried. Yeah, my hope is that he punts as often for the Browns as he did for the Packers last season, which is probably <laughs> not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. but I mean, he signed a two-year deal. Um, he led the league in punting average last year on probably what about nine punts? I'm guessing. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, he uh, had. Didn't it wasn't he the one who had like an 80-yard
0: punt, 82-yard punt? Yeah, he had an 82-yard punt. I didn't look at how many times he punted, but it it couldn't have been that many times. I mean, how often did the Packers punt? <laughs> that's that's true.
1: true. That's true. So yeah, the time he's he's to a as, game.
0: You know, he's not a, he's not as bad tested
1: as the quit brothers. But yeah,
0: hopefully, right, right. Hopefully, he's an upgrade, right? Um, he, he should be an upgrade if he if he punts anywhere near his uh, he, his average was fifty point eight last season. But you know he may have only punted twenty times last season. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like so, to look that up and see. Maybe that's yeah, probably the okay. case. I probably should have looked it up. But you know, maybe maybe there's uh um you know maybe there's a question of durability if he has to punt thirty or forty times. You know, I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah, the, the the first thing I thought of when I saw that Corey uh, Bjorkes, we'll, we'll say that.
0: Bjorkes. Bjor-
1: Bjor- yeah, Bjorkes, was uh, signed to a free Asian deal by, by A.B. is, okay, the first thing, cold weather kicker, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, frozen football, you know, um, Lambo, Cleveland Stadium, right? first energy stadium. Maybe uh-huh. there's something there to that. I don't know. Uh, in, in, in addition to, you know, punting 80 yards, I'm not sure how much the, the, uh, the, uh, spin or roll was on that punt, but, uh, he seems to be, if you're looking at options, a pretty good option to go with. I mean, uh, really kind of, a uh, no downside to me, really to get him in there. And I would also assume that during, Training camp, We're going to have some competition. I know that I've seen a lot of drafts and, you know, some of the late, late, late round drafts. have this drafting this, this Cade York kicker out of LSU. And that may very well be the case in the sixth or seventh round, but, but they signed Chase McLaughlin. And, uh, and I think they're going to open that competition up in camp too. Um, case had his up or Chase McLaughlin had his ups and downs last year. But he started out really well, if you remember. I think he made his first nine field goals. And uh, he was darn near perfect on extra points. So between our kickers, you know, we definitely need to have an upgrade there for sure. But I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, In our division, when you've got McPherson for Cincinnati, and you've got, you know, uh, the the kicker for Baltimore, Justin Justin Tucker.
0: Tucker, uh, yeah. Who came from
1: University of Texas here in Austin, by the way. Uh, you better have a good kicker because those guys are automatic. Justin Tucker's at, literally automatic. Oh, he know.
0: is. He, do, he just doesn't mess.
1: And 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 you know the, the McPherson from from uh, Cincy's proven to be the same way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I can't tell you about Pittsburgh. Uh, they may be number four in line with the uh, if you're ranking kickers or punchers, but uh, um, you know the uh, the idea that we're signing these guys right now i think is smart and again it's abi trust he, he must know something about that but again back to back to Corey bjork is the the first thing i thought of was okay here's a guy who can kick in cold weather and windy conditions in the, in a frozen football
0: yeah yeah that, that makes total sense and I, I really hadn't even thought about that but yeah having a guy who who's kicked in lambo you know he, he should uh You know, I know the winds off the lake could be a little bit different, but just having a a sense of, uh, you know, being able to kick a a frozen ball, uh, you know, in the snow and things like that. Definitely, definitely good to have somebody like that.
1: Hey, I I love the Scottish hammer, but, uh, you know, there were times when I thought he might have a negative kick, a negative punt. I mean, because the winds are so bad. And I think, wasn't it, we had those streaming games last season that were just abysmal um, mm-hmm. weather, weather-wise, like sideways rain and everything else. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, often, I wonder if Corey uh, Bjorkas has looked into that, but we'll find out. We'll find out.
0: Yeah, I don't think they disclosed terms, but I'm sure the Browns probably made it worth as wild yeah. come on board, too. You know, as far as Chase McLaughlin, I I would be surprised if he has a really good chance to be the Browns kicker this year. I think yeah. you know, I think he's just they they wanted to have a kicker on the roster, and I think there's a good chance that they draft a guy maybe, um, and I think they probably bring in a couple other guys too. I think it's going to be a you know, I think there'll be multiple guys competing for that spot yeah i just i just hope they get somebody like you said they, they need a strong kicker you just mm-hmm. need that in this division
1: i i've awesome i wondered why like maybe this happened we just didn't know it but why is it anybody calling up phil dawson and saying hey dude how did you how did you master this like tell me your secrets and i read uh, not not too long ago um that phil dawson which incidentally lives in austin too by the way i think everybody does um <laughs> i actually saw him at a restaurant with his family i didn't bother him i didn't want to but he he, he, was oh, cool. he lives <laughs> in westlake area but uh, i know he's a coach somewhere else i think he's just he had a new, a new job as a coach somewhere but but that was a few years ago but back to phil you know, I know that he used to, um, I think he was the one who actually had put the ticker, the tapes on the, the goalposts for the wind. Or he also, also had another visual spot at the, at the top of the stadium so he could read the wind. And he would calculate the the, the wind, you know, and, and the swirling wind so he could adjust his kicking to it. And uh, if I'm a kicker, if I'm Chase or if I'm whoever we decide, you know, whether it's, you know, the Cade York or another kicker out of the draft to kind of compete with him. I'm going to. I'm the first phone call I'm making is Phil Dawson. Like, dude, tell me, yeah. you know, give me your, give me your secrets to success, because, you know, Phil made it look easy.
0: He did. He did. And yeah, I would think, uh, man, I I don't know why the Browns wouldn't, uh, why leave it up to the kicker. The Browns should just pay Phil Dawson to come in <laughs> and work with their kickers, and you know, in yeah. training camp. Say, so, hey, we're bad. bringing Phil in to work with you guys for, for a week and, you know, I mean, to help you out.
1: How old is Tom Brady?
0: Right? I, it's,
1: I don't 50? know. I don't
0: yeah. know. No, Phil, he's 45, Phil, 40, something like that.
1: Phil's only 47. Come on. Yeah, well, Phil could probably still kick it. Let's make want. this happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too bad he has a job somewhere, but that's okay. All right. We'll,
0: yeah. we'll forget that. Yeah. Oh, he, well, he could come in to kick or or he could. Yeah, He it would kind of be funny if he came in to coach these guys up and ended up mm-hmm. kicking better than any of them and, and just won the job outright.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Wouldn't that be great?
1: Right. He'd say, <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> I'd love to, guys, but I've, I've got this job down in Texas so I got to go back to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't do that though. It'd be it'd be really cool to see Phil Dawson come in um, in spring training and uh, not spring training. Yeah, and uh, and uh, yeah, and and camp. That'd be that'd be pretty awesome. So let's. Um, I've been kind of thinking about this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and I think with uh, with uh, with the uh, with the new quarterback with Watson um, yeah. coming in. We know that with any suspension, it's going to be Brissett in there. And Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I believe he's, I think they signed Jacoby Brissett because he's fairly similar in some of the things he can do to to Watson. Mm -hmm. So I I think, which makes sense. I think a lot of teams try to do this. You try to have a backup who's, you know, kind of similar to your starter so that you don't have to change your game plan a lot Mm -hmm. if your backup's good enough. I mean, look at what the Ravens do with uh, with Lamar and then Hundley. Sure, yeah, that's that's the best example I can think of. They don't have to change their game plan at all. So, and I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is is uh, is Watson, but but he can he can run, you know. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, he can pass at least a bit. Yeah. So um, so my thought is kind of how's this Browns offense going to look? Right. You know, what type of personnel are they going to play more often? And how is this going to impact the, the roster, uh, you know, as to how it's how it's put together? So I'm looking at the, the wide receiver room right now. And, you know, I, I've tweeted about this, and people have come back with different stuff. But, you know, to me, I think the Browns are go- going to shift from this tight end heavy passing game Mm -hmm. to to where they're throwing to the wide receivers more. I just think they are. And I'm not saying that Joku's, you know, and Bryant aren't going to be involved. I think they still will be, but they're not going to be the centerpiece of this offense. I think it's, I think it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be Amari Cooper and, and um, Mm -hmm. whoever else they bring in along with, you know, DPJ and, uh, you know, Schwartz, depending on mm-hmm. his progression yep. and, and that, so so. And the Browns have, been, right. Browns have been linked to uh, to Will Fuller, to Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry, to Brandon Cooks, yeah. and also there, there's talk of them, you know, potentially drafting a wide receiver with, with one of their first two picks, you know, in the mm-hmm. draft uh, could happen. But to me, I guess it depends who they sign. How high a yeah. priority that that uh, exactly. draft yep. pick would be? This draft is loaded with wide receivers, so to yes. me, even if they mm-hmm. even if they would sign two more guys, I could still see them picking a wide receiver in the fifth round if they wanted to.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, DPJ, sixth round, right? Um, I'm sorry. So DPJ was in was picked in the sixth round. So, and I think he's yeah. got the potential. Yeah. Uh, it, it, what, what's difficult is I don't know how, how accurate we can be with predicting the 2022 NFL NFL draft without knowing what's going to happen with Landry. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that because I'm I, I'm going back and forth, and and to me it's like well Amari Cooper and Jarvis Landry are very similar. I don't know if you've ever looked at their comparisons, but um, Amari Cooper is Jarvis Landry minus two years, right? He, they, mm-hmm. He's a little bit taller. He's 6'1". Uh, Landry's 5'11". Um, he's 27. Jarvis is 29. He's played two, uh, one less season. But their stats are, other than that are pretty darn identical mm-hmm. um, in, in regard to TDs. Uh, Amari's got more. He's got 46 as opposed to Jarvis is 37. So, again, why I'm stating that is is if they bring Jarvis back, um, I would love that. But they're kind of getting two guys who do the same thing. So what's going to happen with a wide receiver room outside of that? Uh, And, you know, Brandon Cooks has been mentioned. Other people, Willa Fuller has been mentioned. I'm not sure they're going to pull the trigger on those guys. I think they'll end up going – I and mean, when I look at the draft, uh, you know, I can't, I can't predict like like a lot of people what's going to happen with that draft without knowing what's going to happen before it. But I look at trends, and so the trends I'm seeing are um, when I look at wide receivers. Uh, well, first of all, I see two things that that all the pundits are saying that we're going to do in our draft at uh at number 44 which is round two we're either going to pick an edge guy or we're going to go wide receiver and primarily wide receivers i see them uh the Browns selecting his pickens from from georgia
0: right he's six three or, or metzie yeah one of those two yeah guys. yeah yeah, yeah but pickens I'm, is a popular pick yeah
1: pickens is the one i'm seeing at 44 that that i see a lot which is so I, you know i'm not i'm not guessing here i'm not i'm not predicting myself all i'm saying is i'm saying who all the other, you know, PFN, Dogpong Daily, NFL Mox, Walter Football, Cleveland.com, who are these folks kind of looking at? And I keep seeing his name pop up. And uh, he's 6'3", 201, he's got speed, uh, he can stretch the field. He's not a slot receiver, thank God, because, you know, we've got Jarvis, we've got, in a way, Amari kind of is not kind of isn't. He can move him around. But you're right. I think we need to have a receiver in the draft. Um, they're also talking about other guys. This guy may, There's a guy called Khalil Shakira out of Boise State, who is, and, and Jeremy Ruckert is a tight end out of Ohio State. So they're, they're talking mm-hmm. about a couple of people on the receiver side that may complement what we already have. I agree with you. Back to your original statement. I think we're getting away from the three, two tight end sets, and we're going to go more wide receiver. Um, I think when you look at a guy like Jacoby Brissett, uh, he, he doesn't have the wheels that a Lamar Jackson has, but you know, a couple of years ago in 2019, he had 56 rushing attempts, right? I mean, he had four rushing TDs. He's mobile. So yeah, that, I think that's the idea. Uh, he threw for almost 3000 yards in that year. So he can throw the ball and he's a, he, I think he's a decent, um, uh, stop gap, uh, until Lamar or until, uh. Uh, Deshaun Watson comes out of whatever suspension he's going to be suspended by. And by the mm-hmm. way, my theory, and I could be totally wrong. So folks out there who are listening, don't hold me to this, but I think he's going to sus- be suspended for six, uh, re- a- a- appeal to the league and get four games suspension. That's how things going to happen. Um, that's probably me, um, hoping for the best case scenario. Uh, we can get into the idea of Deshaun Watson and what that means, both as a team and, and as, as a person. I, uh, I, I I tend to separate um, those two. I uh, I'm a Browns fan first and foremost over the players, so I look mm-hmm. at what makes success for the team. And by the way, folks, if you if you if you're wondering, uh, A. B.'s job is to make this team better every year. That's that's what he's in. They've been doing this homework for five months. Um, and I, I can get into my theory behind that if you want to, but the idea is that they're not stupid. Um, they're smart, a lot smarter than me and, uh, they must know something I don't, uh, if it does fall into the fact that he is, uh, the civil suits don't go the way we expect and it's longer than we expect. That's a shame. I feel sorry for the people involved. I, 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 uh, I truly get that. I, I tr- totally get that. Um, so, um you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And, uh, yeah. you know, I root for my team and, uh, if it comes to the, the, the point where he's suspended, okay, he's suspended. Um, we'll see where it goes from there. But in the, in the, in the interim, I think Jacoby Brissett's a pretty good, uh, you know, short term solution for a lot of reasons. Like he seems to be a smart quarterback too. Um, doesn't make yeah. a whole lot of mistakes. He had, uh, in that year i mentioned he, he had six interceptions to 18 tds pretty average that's pretty, pretty strong actually. yeah you know yeah. uh his quarterback rating hasn't been through the roof but but uh you know he's always been a backup um uh, and, and that 2019 is an anomaly really because he played most of the season because i think that was when andrew luck left, left right or somebody got injured i can't remember exactly but uh i think it know, might he,
0: be the luck retirement
1: yeah, he, was, he showed he was capable of starting and winning games and managing a team. So I, th- I think that's that's a that's a good thing for us. Uh, again, you know, is he an upgrade over Case Keenum mm, at this point? Probably just an age alone. Yeah, I would think he is. in uh, mobility alone, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to be
1: interested to see what Stefanski does in 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 in, uh, in regard to the offense and how we're different. Than we were a year ago.
0: Yeah, and yeah, that's kind of where where I was really going with all this. It's going to be interesting to see, and I think we'll see it, assuming the suspension starts at the beginning of the season. You know, I think we'll see it with probably with Brissett. You know, as far as what offense is out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you have to lose? Um, You know, it's a 17 game season. Uh, Why not? Why not open your playbook up a little bit for for a guy like Brissette. Uh You know, mm-hmm. you're still going to run the ball a bit with, right. with Chubb and Hunt. Uh, but it, especially if you if you sign one of these other wide receivers, if you sign Landry or, or trade for Cooks or, or sign Fuller and maybe add a draft pick. And I realize we're talking numbers game at that point because you probably have somebody on the roster who's not making the team then maybe right because uh, they've got five wide receivers on the team um, mm-hmm. they're not carrying eight wide receivers no um but uh, but yeah it, and, and that's kind of another thing i was looking at is what kind of a veteran presence do you want in that wide receiver room versus how much how much trust do you have in guys like dpj um, and schwartz yeah schwartz um yeah. demarcus bradley Mm-hmm. Became Grant to to actually contribute yeah. as wide receivers. You know how much are you how much um, respect are you giving these guys? It, it kind of comes down to how how much do you think these guys can excel with Watson versus how much do you feel like they were held back by Baker. And that's an organizational thing. That's not me mm-hmm. saying Baker was holding these guys back. Right. It's how the Browns perceive that. Right. And if, if the Browns feel like like DPJ and Schwartz are not growing fast enough and didn't do enough last year then there's a good chance they're going to sign somebody like a Will Fuller mm-hmm. and draft a guy in you know, by the third or fourth round, to come in with the expectation that these guys are going to contribute, and that right. that somebody like like Anthony Schwartz is fighting for a roster position this year.
1: It could be. I mean, I think it really boils down to what's going to happen with Jarvis, right? There's a yeah. veteran presence, you know, and and the, the, everything that I've read about Amari Cooper, he's is he, he's a, he's like Nick Chubb. He's a silent leader. He, he's not going to take the. Uh, Um, He's not going to take over the locker room in a fiery speech like Jarvis did in the Hard Knocks those years ago where he kind of told everybody to get their, you know, what together. Um, So, you know, if if they sign Jarvis, I think we've got that that veteran presence solved. But if they don't, then you're going to have to rely on a Cooks. You're going to have to rely on a Fuller or somebody else to fill that gap. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, that's Gonna have to happen, uh, or you know, you know, the the the, uh, the shift is to a team that is li- maybe a little less vocal and just does their talking on the field, because that's what Cooper does and that's what Chubb does. Yeah,
0: and, and there's other guys out there. I mean, you know, I, I would think somebody like Cole Beasley would be an upgrade. Um, you know, it, I'd be I'd be happy with all those. <laughs> um, I. There was somebody else I can't remember who else I was thinking of that somebody mentioned, but Cole Beasley. uh, I think it was probably Cooks who somebody mentioned to me. Mm -hmm. um, Cole Beasley. I mean, there's there's still guys out there who could fit quite nicely on this team and contribute. Uh, So I think, um, you know, the wide receiver room is going to be... It's going to be interesting, and I wouldn't be super comfortable if I were uh, Anthony Schwartz or Demarcus Bradley.
1: <laughs> well, it, you know, the good thing for Schwartz is he's only in his second year, and and uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm probably not gonna remember this correctly, Rod, but I think didn't he have some injury troubles last year as well? I think he may have had some struggles he had, there. I don't know. Was
0: it a hamstring or something? he had something that kept him out? Yeah, early. Uh, yeah, and we know he's. Uh, we know that he was drafted uh, because of his speed and that he's mm-hmm. a little bit raw and that he's right. got a lot of potential. Right. So so trust me, I'm, I'm not trying to get him off the team. I just think yeah. that if the Browns decide to go a little more veteran heavy at wide receiver, that that especially, you know, what kind of started getting me thinking about him, and, and actually my brother Jeff kind of mentioned this first to me, I think, was mm-hmm. the fact that we're watching – this uh you know the uh um the um with the uh, you know all the uh um, draft picks mm-hmm. at the combine with wide receivers and mm-hmm. they're all running in the four threes. Not all of them, yeah. but like fifteen. Yeah, I'm right. thinking, how special is is, uh, is Anthony Schwartz right now.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: if these guys are running in the four threes, if they're better receivers coming out than him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is there a potential that the Browns can get a guy with similar speed in the third or the fourth round and pick him and, and feel like he's already ahead of Anthony Schwartz? That's all. yeah, you yeah. Know? And, this, and that's if that's the point. case, he's in danger. Um, if they if they yeah. if they feel like he's coming along and he's going to improve, then then absolutely they're going to keep him because he's. He's on that that sixth round mm-hmm. contract for three more years, mm-hmm. so yeah. you know he's cheap and and everything. So, you know, it's kind of a win win. The, the Browns will be okay either way. They're probably if they replace him, it's probably going to be with, with a draft pick from the fourth round this year, who they'll have for you know for four seasons. And if yep. he if he stays, um, it means they think he's improving. So.
1: Yeah, speed is good. Uh, you have to have other things too. I, what did Schwartz run? Did he run a four three? I th-
0: I think he may have run un- just under a four three. I think he was on the four like a four two four or four two six or something. Wow.
1: But there was- were guys.
0: There were several guys running around four three this year.
1: Oh, there were. Know, I mean, there a lot. You know, um, Jamison Williams ran a four two five. And so you're looking at yeah. guys like the they're looking at us with George Pickens here in a 447, but you know he's also six three, so that's pretty fast for a six three guy, you know. And and uh, you, you mentioned Cole Beasley, is he a possibility? Maybe. Um, by the way, he's another Texas guy. I, I could go on about Texas football <laughs> players. Uh, you know, he, right. Baker was thrown to him, and uh, and Danny Amendola who was also a texas guy he went to woodlands and houston and texas tech and baker went to lake travis and austin here and he so did Garrett gilbert and i can mention at least seven quarterbacks in the nfl from texas but but uh suffice to say um you know the speed speed is great um guy I, one guy i love in the draft is sky Moore. you know and there's another guy who's been linked to yeah. us he's He's he runs he runs a slightly slower four four, but he's one ninety five. He's five ten. He's he's a he's a great under the r- radar uh, wide receiver, and I love his name. I and mean, maybe that's why I like him best, Sky Moore.
0: How do you like it? Well, he, not
1: like a name like that?
0: He helped but, himself out at the combine though. We'll see, you know we'll see yeah. we'll see if, um, if he's if he's there in rounds two and three. Um, you know. Everybody talks about all these guys moving up. Well, there's still only 32 guys that can be taken in the first round. So somebody's going to be there in rounds two and three.
1: That's true. That's true. <laughs> there were a couple that were injured too, right? I mean, you know, though, that we talked about um, a lot of receivers out there. I think some of them were a little bit hobbled or they had injuries last year that might move them down. Yeah. Uh, and that's so Andrew Berry, right, for him oh, yeah. to, to pick somebody that – uh, look at Jok, perfect example, right? Of, yeah. of a guy who people are passing on, and he picks him up. He's like, boom, got it. Um, yeah, George Pickens tore ACL, right? Didn't he? Yeah. Like last year, so you know he could be a guy. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know everybody from Ohio would love a Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, but that's not going to happen.
0: Those guys are gonna um, be gone. Yeah, they're those big guys be, They're
1: they're top. They're they're top fifteen, ten maybe. Um, guys who are yeah. just super fast and out there. Jamison Williams, again, you know, Alabama, he's, he's a speedster. So those guys will be gone. But, you know, one one of the other things, too, regarding you know, wide receivers in a draft and looking forward is, you know, I know this is not Andrew Berry's modus operandi, but what if he does trade up into the first round? Is that possible? Um, I know that there are a couple of, of publications that have looked at that, have talked about the potential of a trade NFL mocks had us trading up. Um, I think there were a couple of others I read that had us trading up that escaped my memory, but, uh, you know, that that's not his usual thing. Uh, he likes to find value in lower spots, which is, he's been pretty good at. Yeah. Uh, Again, I always mention I always mention DPJ, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I'm looking forward to what that draft looks like from, from the Browns perspective, because, I do think they need to go wide receiver first over edge or DT. Those are the three areas that you find everybody's really talking about, right? We need an edge, but we need to complement Miles. Yeah, that's we, where the we, holes are right now. Yeah. Right, we we need a DT. You know, there are DTs out there that, you know, Purian Winfrey from Oklahoma. There are DTs that I'm that I remember off of my mind. The, um, John Pascal is another one. He's a he's a guy that I see talked about a lot from from uh, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are others out there that, that I think look, look pretty good, but, um, I, I still, I just still think they're going to go wide receiver first. I could be wrong. They may go edge first, but I, I still think they're going to pick wide receiver first. And, yeah. uh, so that will solve some of those issues that you had brought up earlier. Um, and, uh, I think we're going to have a pretty darn good, uh, when it, when it's all said, and done wide receiver room. Uh, I'm really, again, go back go, keep going back to Jarvis. If they re-sign him, that'll tell us a lot.
0: Yeah, I think so, and, and yeah, and I, I think I think it's, it's going to come down to, to who they sign, you know, before the draft. If if they sign Jarvis, you know, then then that uh, definitely softens the need for a wide receiver first. If they sign Clowney, then that you know relieves the the you know the almost requirement to go edge <laughs> with that first pick. Sure. So, sure. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to depend on what they do. So um, I know you're you're a fan of, of Dearness Johnson. Let's talk about this this running back room right now mm-hmm. because yeah. it's it's very um, I, I say the word interesting probably too much, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're moving into a team that's probably going to pass the ball more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and you've got Nick Chubb uh, signed for another you know. I think three seasons uh, at a minimum um, Kareem Hudson. He's in his last, he's in his last season uh, of his contract right mm-hmm. now. Uh, Dearness Johnson is a, uh, is an RFA um, mm-hmm. right. The, Brown, the Browns have tendered him so, so they, they can, they can match an offer. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, w- I would think uh, I would think they'll probably uh, I, I I'm hoping he's back. You know, and then they have Demetrick mm-hmm. Felton. Um, people can debate whether he's a wide receiver or running back. You know, mm-hmm. I kinda like tend to put him in the in the uh wide receiver room, especially if you have the other three guys on the team. Yeah. But um but I I don't know. I guess you have to see what happens with Johnson and mm-hmm. You know, the the payroll uh, for this season seems to be OK. You know, I was thinking that they were going to have a problem with with the guys they had to sign, especially with the new contract. Mm-hmm. And, and that there was a chance they were going to trade Kareem Hunt, you know, to, to lose, you know, for a draft pick and to, you know, to, to clear some cap space. But I don't think they really need to do that now. Um, so I, I think he's probably going to be on the team. Uh, Dearness Johnson, man, if you can have him for a million or two million, why would you let him go?
1: Yeah, and, and don't forget you've got a quarterback, you know, potentially in Watson who can run, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you, you're going to – I'm sorry, but you're going to have to design plays for him too. Um, that's going to happen, right? Or he's if you don't design plays for him specifically, you're going to. I know Stefanski will, and our offense will, but, uh, but uh, you know, he can wing it, too, and, and, and he can draw in that defense and, and you know, make people miss, and, you know, uh, it, I, I wouldn't say he's going to be along the lines of Lamar Jackson, because he actually has an arm, um, but uh, there's that factor, too. So you've got a stacked backfield. How do you make everybody happy? you're gonna have to be creative i mean i think you look at dj and um you know i i'm a big fan of his because you know i saw what he did when he stepped in i saw the burst i saw the second level like when when i remember we all remember watching nick chubb and we saw that second gear he had yeah oh my god i thought
0: (laughs) it's just fun to watch
1: we have we have something really special here in Nick Chubb. He he turned on that second gear, that 98-yard touchdown run, and hmm. it was a joke. It reminded me of watching <laughs> Johnny Manziel as a Texas A&M football player, literally run by college teams that looked like they were standing still. Yeah. And I know I know Johnny football turned out to be an absolute one of the probably the worst bust in NFL history, but in college. I remember a colleague of mine saying, "You got to watch this, see this film." And I went, "Oh my God, who is that? He looks like a he looks like the Flash uh, up against yeah, yeah." So it, it like it was a it was just like people were standing. So Nick has that speed. DeAndre Johnson, I think, hints at that speed. He doesn't have the strength or power that Chubb does, but he's got that burst and he's got that move. Um, and then you know, Kareem yeah. is Kareem. You know. One of the, the, the things that really bothered me about last year as a Browns fan is that Kareem got injured because I thought that he was having a really good year. And it was so unfortunate, emotionally and otherwise, to see him go down like that. He has such a big heart for Cleveland, and he's from the area. And I know he wants to do well. I think he still has a, uh, I think he still has a, uh, a part in the offense. Uh, I'm excited to see what that is. Um, But you're right. There's a lot of runners here. And there's a lot of, you know, Deshaun is a a, he's got both going on. He could pass the ball and he can run. Uh, I think they're probably going to rely the saving grace here is maybe with uh, Jacobian during the, you know, the alleged uh, suspension. They'll probably rely a little bit more on the running game uh yeah. then well, until Jacoby gets set right Until he gets to the point where he's comfortable in the offense and they're running things but you know what spring training is going to tell us a lot uh we'll see you know what they what they put out there i uh, one of the things that i'm interested in is seeing if Stefanski is going to be willing to give up the play calling uh and see how that goes mm-hmm. because i think for the most part uh there were some there were some you know we fell a little bit um Dimitrick felton uh i remember uh, I can't remember the game, uh, Rod, but that touchdown he had that everybody remembers as a Browns fan, where he kind of made about fifteen people miss and spun through to the to for a touchdown.
0: It's kind of reminiscent of Eric Metcalf, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of my favorite players, by the way, is is Metcalf. I love that guy, yeah. and because uh, he never gave up, and and I love his. Uh, I remember when uh, we were reading about how baker was going through his travails with uh you know you know people being brought in and you know people uh competing with this job and metcalf tweeted hey i put up with this every year what are y'all talking about i just made sure i was better and i remember <laughs> that because i'm like that's the attitude you should have
0: you and know? then people it's, got on eric metcalf about that
1: which is odd you know,
0: Twitter's been a dark place a little bit here. So mm-hmm. hopefully people will start to clean yeah. their act up a little bit, start being just a little bit nicer. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I, I, again, I, I, I,
1: I Twitter is, you know, we all know is interesting and you're going to have both sides of the story, but I, yeah, I, I just tend to say, Hey, look, step back and take a, take a breath. And, you know, when a guy like Metcalf says, Hey, look, I think you should probably listen, you
0: know, or, <laughs> You, you know, pay respect to what he's saying. He lived it. <laughs> There's some people you, you you should absolutely do that with. You know, um, you know, it, if Dan, if you or I tweet something, it, it's 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 fine for people to question it. When Eric Metcalf tweets something, yeah, maybe read it a couple times
1: before you react to it. <laughs> Please, at least, yeah. As a Browns fan, you owe you should genuflect to the tweet of. Yes. Our our superstars from our glory days. Absolutely. For sure. Those guys played real football and in conditions that we'll never understand. And they have the experience and, you know, it was always competitive. Like, you know, I love, you know, I'm a professed Baker fan. I I always have been. I I think um, I'm like everybody else. You know, I I think that we we had stars in our eyes with with Bake, you know, that when we saw him take over in the New York. Uh, what what I call the white night, Monday night game. Yeah. We're against the Jets. You know, of course he led to that comeback and, you know, after Tyrod went out with a concussion and he caught that two point conversion from Landry, it was all, it was glorious. Right. I mean, as a yeah. bonus fan, that's, that's everything that we had ever hoped for. And uh, I, 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 we also wanted him to lead us to the promised land. I actually dreamed about Baker holding up the Lombardi trophy and, you know, all of us with tears in our eyes. And it's really unfortunate that that, that didn't happen. And, and it's, God, it's just hard to deal with, uh, uh, you know, and, and you've got two sides. you got the Baker haters and you got the, the Baker boys, as they call them on Twitter. And uh, I don't disagree with either side. I, I get both sides. I've seen some yeah. things from Baker that I thought were actually absolutely magical. And I've seen some things from Baker, like one of the things that sticks out in my mind is, you know, it, I believe it was the Vikings game, and uh, he had a poor performance that game. And and but there was a third down play where he t- completely missed. We talk about Demetrius Felton, by the way. He completely missed a wide open Demetri Felton at the at the at the first down marker that would have extended our drive. And at then that's the moment I started to question: Is my guy number six seeing the field where he should see the field? And I you know, always been a fan, but that's that started me thinking about that. And and uh, you know, I I'd read on Twitter where that game was actually the time that the Browns fan office started doing their due diligence on Deshaun Watson. Huh. So I put those two things together and I and I think, well, there's maybe there's something there to that. And uh, as much as I love Bake, I think he hasn't done a his health any favors I really hope that when he goes on this you never know podcast on Instagram next week that he that he doesn't fall into the trap that Johnny football and the coach who should not be named uh, fell on <laughs> yeah yeah I, I hope he takes the high road as, as a as a person I hope he takes the high road I know he needs that and I'm I'm hopeful that he will I don't want him to engage in that tell-all, you know, like, hey, this is what happened behind the scenes. That's not going to do anybody any favors, especially him. I hope he's contrite and positive and humble. And he says, hey, you know, this has been tough, but I'm a quarterback that's done this and that. I want to work. I want to work hard. It's because I'm cheering for him. You know, I mean, I I really am. I I, I would love I I thought he was going to be our Drew Brees. I really did. Really a lot of us did. Um, and he still could be and I hope he is I think Seattle's a perfect spot for him uh, I don't know yep. if that's going to happen I, you know and I don't think any I don't think it's it's, it's the browns miss they're not mishandling the Baker situation by the way I, I have I firmly believe they are not mishandling this I think it's just a combination of um the draft coming up Baker's salary timing um you know, and uh, we'll see what happens next. But um, they're not going to let him go for nothing. And uh, I think that's kind of the contentious part, right? They 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 need to yeah, f- yeah. figure out what, what that looks like. But, um, yeah, I wish him all the best. And I'm not one of these haters. I never have been. Um, but, you know, everybody should be wishing that he lands in a spot where he's successful, hopefully in, in the NFC. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, you know, we can go back and talk about the, you know, the the negative things and, you know, the, the bad games and the, you know, the questionable decisions that maybe Baker made or some things that he said. But for me, I just I have to focus on things like the like the Jets game, yeah. uh, the fact that Baker helped yeah. to turn this franchise around, the fact that he at the time set the, the rookie touchdown record. Yeah, right. He, he, he did yeah. a lot of positive things here. He helped to get this franchise in the right direction. And for me that that's good enough. Um, you know, that's what I want to remember about Baker playing here in Cleveland. Right. And, and yeah, I wish him the best, you know, I, I, I would like to see him uh, get a shot somewhere else. And, you know, I think he will um, might not be this, this coming season. Um, you know, it depends where he winds up, but, He's going to get another shot and you know I I hope he excels. I really yeah, hope he, he does. seems
1: to, he seems to excel under the, you know, pressure. I just don't want him to ride that chip on his shoulder in this podcast he's doing because that's not going to help anybody. If it, you know that nah, chip in your shoulder's fi- the chip in your shoulder's fine if you keep it to yourself and you use it as motivation. God, we all know Brady's done it his entire career. Uh, so yeah. that's okay to do that. It's just how you present yourself publicly and uh and I hope he does the right thing um, and, and does it in a positive way. And he lands in a spot where he can compete. You know, we'll, we'll have our guy. He'll have his team. Everything will be fine. Um, and, uh, you know, I just want him to see his own blind spots, you know. I mean, just yeah. just, just uh, don't, you know. So I'm looking forward to that podcast. I just don't want him to fall on his own sword. I just hope he keeps it positive and, you know. Cause GMs and owners who listen to anything else other than that are going to go, Hmm, I might pass, you know, he's going to, he's going to become the next Darnold, you know, or he's going to go from team to team right? and not succeed. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, that there's that. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, sooner than later, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens and, you know, he'll go his way and we'll, we'll have a training camp that's, Kind of clear, I know that uh, Watson's I think cleared still until uh, he finds out what's happened with the civil cases to you know um, to uh, participate in our you know activities coming up as a team, and that's good. Um, and we'll see how he is as a leader in the locker room. By the way, I should tell you this I actually met Deshaun Watson, um, oh, okay. so cool. as a part of the team I'm now involved with. Uh, locally in Austin, we have a, a, a high school um, event called All-Star Preps. Mm-hmm. And I believe at the time we were supposed to have J.J. Watt or somebody as a spokesperson. And this is a, a well, high school uh, uh, athletic awards, basically, is what it is. So you're awarding you know, uh, high school athletes for their performances and team performances and usually have a, uh, a keynote speaker. And uh, we had two keynotes that year. One was Thomas J. Henry, who's a huge lawyer in, in Texas. You can't get away from him. He's everywhere. He's ubiquitous. You turn on the TV or you look at your iPhone, he's there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then the second one was TJ. And I think he backed out for some whatever reason. It was placed by Deshaun. And I remember being backstage. And uh, I'll tell you this about Deshaun Watson. And this is before any of this stuff ever happened with the Browns. I told this, I told this to my friends and family before this – before the Browns even entertained, um, you know, signing him. That guy has no body fat. His physique is like a granite sculpture. That dude is solid. And the first thing I met or thought of when I met this guy is, I am so glad I don't have to tackle this guy. (laughs) <laughs> he is built like the proverbial house, okay? We've heard yeah. that thing. Yep. That that was my impression. Like, this dude is an athlete. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, on the same vein as, a, you know, a uh, Olympic track star, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I, I never forgot that when I met him. And, then, of course, years later, you know, here we are. And I'm like, oh, geez. I hope he's still keeping in shape. But uh, I hope <laughs> that that dude is, uh, if he's if he's at all lives up to his potential, he's going to do well. I really do believe he will do well.
0: Yeah. Well, we're sure hoping so. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: A lot of money on the line. So uh, so yeah, we're hoping that the Browns may, uh, but, made but, a but made but, but Rod right, smart
1: Sunday. but smart money too though, right? I mean, when you think about how they structured that contract. You know, of course, the Ravens aren't happy
0: about it. As far it. as what it's going to do to other teams, yeah. yeah. Andrew, Berry they,
1: playing, Andrew Berry playing chess again. Look what he absolutely, did.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Right?
1: You know, the Ravens are mad. Well, Sorry.
0: Yeah, wait! Wait till you see the contracts that, that uh, Burrow and and uh, I know and Herbert wind up getting after. I guarantee the you, now. AB
1: and his team were thinking about that, and they structured the contract where, of course, if he suspends here, what's what's the what's the what's the, uh, the tab for twenty twenty two one point three million or something like that? It's, it's yeah, nice. it's like
0: nothing. Yeah. Right.
1: So they they, they they covered their bases in case he's not going to play. And yep. then it's a structured contract to the point where it's paid out over a smart look like the salary cap's a joke.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah it, it, yeah, it, it does. All,
1: everybody look at the Rams. They just signed like uh, who's that dude? Uh, out of Wagner out of Seattle. Embarrassment of Richards. It's like, are you kidding me? How do they fit find fifty five million to say well, it's all you how you structure the contract?
0: Yeah. You just need some smart guys to, to figure the money out and you can exactly. sign anybody.
1: exactly so in the long run i think we're fine with this contract.
0: that's why i tweeted about you know signing signing landry and fuller cooks you know about potentially signing two of those guys and some people came back to me and they're like oh there's no way we'll sign two of those guys i'm like why i mean these guys have been free agents for a while they're they're Asking price is probably dropping by the day because the NFL draft is coming up. Once the NFL draft happens and everybody drafts two wide receivers, mm-hmm. there's not going to be so many roster spots left. And then your value goes down even more. Mm-hmm. So, trust me, if the Browns wanted to sign two of these guys to get it done or, you know, the, uh, the trade value for Cooks, I think, drops too after the draft. Yeah. So they, they could get it done, and they could work out the money. that uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be that tough. And ABA Trust, I keep saying it. I
1: mean, That's I, right. whenever somebody dots that guy, I'm like, just wait. Wait a minute, you know. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, again, his, his draft picks, you know, over the years, you know, if you look at his track record as part of either being part of the organization as a, you know, VP of play, player personnel, you know, you're looking at Schobert Higgins, you know, Ogba, Miles, Peppers, Mayfield, you go down the list. But as GM, you know, Jedrick Wills, Delpit, Harrison, Bryant Phillips, and you've got Newsom J. O. K. Schwartz, he's got a pretty good track record. You know, oh, yeah, if you look definitely. at look at everybody's drafts online, it takes two to three years to to see how they result in either either positive or negative gains. And uh, some of them, of course, you th- the outliers like Miles, of course, he is going to be a, an immediate contributor. But most of these cats take, you know, a couple of years, three years to get going. Yeah. So don't look at the drafts o- over the, the, the first year that he does it. But if you look at over the years that he's been with the team, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, more hits than misses, I would say. And uh, yeah. so I trust that he's going to find somebody in the draft. And then, you know, as far as wide receivers, you know, um, would be what would be really great if we get if Cooper turns out to be like the wide receiver version of Nick Chubb, where he just goes yeah. out there and performs. And, you yeah. know, um, you we've got a solid, solid offense. But I'm I'm also thinking, you know, about things like Njoku. And I know you said we're gonna go less wide less tight end, want more wide receiver, but you look at Njoku, how underutilized I think he's been, you know, and what's what's in store for him. You know, and uh, and and that tight end room. So, you know, the 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 great teams have a Travis Kelsey. You know, they have uh, you know, a Jared Cook. They have yeah. you know tight ends out there that are like wide receivers, and that's another thing that I think could contribute to that to that room.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm a Harrison Bryant fan too. I think he's you know, um, I know everybody loves Njoku. Um, You know. Yeah you know i've i've talked about him a lot on the podcast i mm-hmm. honestly was surprised the browns brought him back just because of the price tag um yeah you know by yeah. tagging him um there were guys i felt that were better that got you know they signed for less money than what the tag cost the browns so you know it, for me, I would love nothing better than to see Njoku have a huge season. You know, I, mean, yeah. I root for everybody on the Browns. Um, you know, yep. when I'm mm-hmm. talking composition, whether guys are coming back or not, I'm just look trying to look at things from a business standpoint, like how I think Andrew Berry would look at it. And right now mm-hmm. that Njoku's here, man, I hope he does great. Uh, I I also like Harrison Bryant. He's been underutilized, but I mean, it's because they, you know, they were thrown to three guys last year, and Harrison Bryant didn't get a lot of chances. Right. Everybody talks about his fumbles, which were now, you know, two seasons ago. Uh, you <laughs> know, one of them was on a, One of them was on the, on a kickoff. You know, so uh, covering right. on a kickoff. So, I think people need to give him a break. I think the guy's got good hands, and I think he's, you know, I think he could definitely contribute a lot this season too.
1: So. I agree. I, I'm a big fan of his as well. And, you know, it's funny when you talk about things like fumbles. It's like it, misery loves company. You know, like when when teams start playing poorly, even your stars start playing poorly. Like it, it, yeah. it seemed to be like when the Browns were playing well last year, everybody played well. And then we started to get into this like rut. And, and everybody, like little drops here and there. A third down drop, yeah. a slant drop. It's contagious. It, it is. is. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Rod. It was contagious. It's just contagious. And you have to have, a, a you know, some success to make sure that you get that consistency in among your players. And, uh, you know, he was no exception. I think he fell into that sort of rut thing and uh, it was just part of the larger picture of what happened last year when we were underperformed.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, hey Dan, we've been going here for uh, for quite a while. I think um, I think we'll close up shop, and I, I think I'll give you a chance to leave the listeners with uh, with some words of wisdom or your closing thoughts, whatever whatever you'd like.
1: Sure. Well, thanks again for having me. I,
0: you know, I could talk all night long about the
1: the Browns. I love them, <laughs> and people who are listening to this do too. Uh, my only Again, I just go back to the fact that for the first time in many years, I think we have a front office that knows what they're doing, and I know that we look at the players, we look at the games, we look at the outcomes, and we kind of, kind of worry about um, that. It's it's normal for a team um, to have ups and downs. You know, I, I look at the I look at the Bengals, right? So they were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, they had. Five significant drop-offs in 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 many years. I mean, yeah, I can go back to to the Super Bowl. They were in last before this one when they went 12 and four. They finished the next year not such a good record. In '88, they went 12 and four. '89, eight and eight. Eleven to five. Eight and eight. Ten and six. Four and two. In 2015, they were 12 and four. 2016, six nine and one. You never know. Next year yeah. can be our year. We have all the pieces in place. We have the front office in place. There's no reason to not be positive. So when you're looking at all these things that are going on, uh, you know, Baker, Deshaun, you know, are we going to get a wide receiver? Who are we going to draft? Are we going to get an edge rusher? Are we going to get Clowney back? Just be positive. We there's, I, I think the odds for Vegas to win the Super Bowl are the same for the Browns, Bengals, and Ravens. So what does that tell you? we're right in it we're right in it just go cheer be positive support the team be positive have fun uh understand you don't play the game right you can only cheer be positive like just just be you know into the season just enjoy it enjoy it sit back enjoy it don't be so worried about What's going to happen. We've got the pieces in place. We got the front office in place. You're going to make things happen. Trust a B trust the process. I, I'm really looking forward to the season. I think it's going to be pretty special. Uh, if, if it if it turns out where just Sean Watson doesn't play as many games as we think we may have a year where we, we go, you know, we underperform. It's OK. It's all right. It's just it's not life, folks. Right. It's just it's just a football game. It's it's NFL. We're cheering for a team we love. We'll always love them no matter what. So if they go six and eleven this year, or they go eleven and six, we're still going to root for them. So just be positive, have fun, and cheer on the teams. See what happens. Trust trust the organization, and just you know, continue to be a Browns fan.
0: Absolutely, you make a great point there. Uh, the growth of a football team. A head coach, players is not always linear, so you can see teams do well, kind of drop off, and then come back up. So, uh, keep yeah. that in mind. And
1: La- uh, last thought: understand everybody. The Rams won the Super Bowl last year. They didn't have a first round pick for six seasons. Yeah, Jared Goff was their first round first first round pick.
0: That was their last was- first round pick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there awesome. there are, here. i guess it, rod here's my closing thought there are many paths with mountain
0: right yeah you yeah. can get there we can do it why not us absolutely and it's uh it's getting to be our turn too so yeah all right we're, we're there all right that's dan hanrahan you can follow him at d hanrahan this has been the browns blitz and we will catch you next time